Hey everybody, this is Brent Ingersoll and you are listening to the Speaking of Podcast. Today I'm doing the first of several installments on the Lord's Prayer. I want to have a discussion surrounding the Lord's Prayer and some blog entries I've done over on my website. And so I sit down with Andy Broad and Seth Fancy and we talk about the first installment, talking about the communal nature of Christianity and how we follow a God who is communal in nature. So here it is, my conversation with Andy and Seth on the Lord's Prayer. So let's 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 start this podcast with something really important. What is the best flavored water? What's where are we where are we going, guys? Seth Fancy, oh, Andy uh, Broad, live on the pod over here with Ron. The best Ron. one or the one I drink the most? Because I drink the most bubbly. Why? Probably because it's it's cheapest Costco. and readily Costco, available. Costco, Costco. Has you can buy Costco. a flat of bubbly at Costco. You can't. And they added the second flavor they, flat now. So yes. now you can get strawberry, lime, and grapefruit in one. Now you can get cherry, orange, and blackberry. Blackberry. Yeah. Blackberry is the best bubbly, hands down. Agreed. Really? Easily. Blackberry. Agreed. Yeah. Or cherry. Oh no! Cherry tastes like cough syrup. No, no. You know what? Che- the bitterness growing on me. Cherry's growing on me. Me too. I think it's the bitterness I I gonna like of it, the carbonated water with the. Ch- I like the cherry flavor when I first drink it, but when it mixes with the bitterness of the carbonated water at the end, then it tastes like cough syrup. See, you know what? The worst. That's my theory. Let's, it, let's establish the worst bubbly grapefruit. Oh, really? No, grapefruit. Oh, no, I no. love grapefruit. Grapefruit was probably my second favorite. I Look, if any of you ever want to come home Pumple from mousse. Costco. I will slide out the whole midsection of grapefruit. I'll take the grapefruit. I'll trade too. you grapefruit, like grapefruit for lime or strawberry any day. The uh, worst. See, I'm a big. Li- I'm a big cherry. lime fan. So I'll like give you lime. big I'll, lime. I'll trade you a grapefruit for a cherry any day of the week. Really? I'll give you my Done. cherries. Really? Done. Yes. We Let's just. We gotta get a swap going in our Anytime the broads come home from Costco with a new flat, we'll save you the cherries. We'll save you the grapefruit. My, and my be a favorite happy day. Believe it or not, is Blue Menu. Blue menu, blue menu orange. That's the superstore brand. Yes. Oh, okay. I love the blue menu. It, I, for me, I just love the orange. The orange is my favorite. When I drink wow. sparkling water, yeah. I only drink compliments. Compliments. Sobeys. 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 Uh, isn't bad though. Mandarin orange. This I've actually never tried it. It's uh, it one. was cheap and on sale. And I, this is a low budget podcast. And so when I when I treat my guests, I treat them to what I can afford. Here we go. Listen, I got still a candle of Troy, which is the good stuff. That's uh, that's leftover stash from last season. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> I, got the, I, got the, I got the rich man's <laughs> pre-COVID. Bevy. That was that was on the startup. Those are startup. Yeah, those are startup, startup ones. costs. Now reality <laughs> set in, and we've we've downgraded to to compliment sparkling. Well, I would say in Canada, Lacroix is the best. Uh, that's my favorite. If you're talking about the best flavored water, it's Lacroix for sure. In the states, there's the Polar brand, Ooh. and they have I don't know so many different polar. flavors. They have a coconut one. They have like a watermelon Ooh. kiwi one. Like there's, there's probably like I'm gonna say like 50 different flavors. Well, Ron, Ron over options. here, our producer. This this conversation started before we hit record, yes, uh, because he came in here flexing on us with his aha. Oh yes, yes, yes. aha. Can we get can we get can we get that in the shot? That's how we get to the we got, had the see what uh, flavor is that the aha. It's is that the, watermelon. Um, oh, lime lime melon. Aha. Shut up. Yeah, Let me it's, see the, that. it's the good stuff. I Ron, we're friends, I, right? Honestly, oh, no, no, no. People are watching and they will judge. This, here. Is, this is coronavirus. We're, we're, we're in a bubble. <laughs> put a mask on. Put a, put put a, a mask on. Put a mask on. Then you, you put can, on drink the mask. can I drink it through the mask? Put on the mask. I think you can with this one. Oh, wait. All right. If you protest, then you can't get COVID. Well, that's true. So, as long as it's a legal protest. Or if you show up at a celebration for the Democratic Party of the United States, you can't get COVID. I'm there. Are we going to get canceled? I'm going. Has this podcast been canceled before we even got, got off the this ground? This just got flagged for potentially misleading information. You're not posting Inflammatory. this. Inflammatory. Are you posting yes. this on Twitter? Inflammatory. Uh, 
Yeah, definitely getting ripped, <laughs> definitely getting ripped <laughs> off of Twitter. Absolutely. I don't know how Twitter stays open with how biased they are. Like, we're we're inciting violence against compliments yes. sparkling orange. Mm -hmm. So it made made compliments. It made the people at Sobeys feel feel unsafe by our conversation. Not good. You see, they started a whole new social media platform where they don't censor you at all. It's called Parler. Really? P P A R L E R. They don't are censor. You serious? They don't censor anything on it. It's one hundred percent free speech. Trying to get everybody to switch over to that, like off Facebook. Let's go. Wow. You know what? I, I I recommend everyone watches the social dilemma because it I does. I still haven't. One hundred percent. I know. I want to. It's on my list. Man, you don't have. Don't watch another thing on Netflix until you watch the social dilemma. Seriously, I can, in tonight fairness, I have not, but I just haven't been watching Netflix a whole lot. Yeah, so, just it's really worth doing. It's Netflix but, really for sure. It, it does. Yeah. I mean, it shows you the reality. But to to be fair to the tech giants because let's all defend them because you know we, oh, want, we want to but they need their, no, their innocence needs defending to be fair to them though like can you imagine like you um, at the same time you don't want to just throw throw it wide open either like i think free speech really matters at the end of the day they're getting into a zone where they're pulling at the thread of free speech and that's a bad thing yeah but at the, at the same time like you know you go on twitter you go on any of those sites like do you want do you want like child pornography to be available there because or do you want like right, uh right. like anything and everything like is, is there no is there no category that we can say you can't do that here yeah you right. know and i think that's that's the challenge that those guys are in now unfortunately uh for for us who are christian and maybe right leaning um some of what we believe they would say is hate speech or what have you. And so we're, right. we're on the outside looking in, right. but I think it came from a good place of them wanting to right. actually like protect people at some level. Unfortunately, yeah, yeah. we can't trust them to be the deciders of what's healthy and what's right. not, right. but right. it's a complicated thing, man. It's a, I would not want to be Mark Zuckerberg. So yeah, no, not at all. They just, no. th they made this platform that now the whole world uses. And like, I mean, Right. I can't in our in our church. I mean, you guys know this. We make a decision, and you got a few thousand people that call King's Church home. You make a decision as a leader, and that affects those three thousand people all very differently. Right. Try try imagine trying to administer a decision that's going to affect billions. you know however many billion billions people. of people, I know. and then you take the added complexity of you know what's appropriate in America might not be appropriate in Kazakhstan. Right. Or what's appropriate in Saudi Arabia might not be appropriate 100%. in Canada. So yeah, like, it's true. I just can't imagine. Those, if I were them, I would be just hands off. I'd be like, here's the platform. We made this animal. Slitter I'm out. I'm out. Like, I'm just not. It's a dangerous spot. But that is not why we're here today. Um, <laughs> That's true. As I have been exploring this podcast medium, um, you guys are no strangers to the show. You guys have both mm. been around, but uh, doing a variety of different things, different segments, different installments, leadership conversations here and there, uh, different types of, of things we're doing. But one of the things I want to do are just these like little devotional discussions. And uh, I want to have a discussion surrounding some... Uh, Monday devotional entries that I'd done. I do this little thing called the Monday Minute. If mm. some of people are listening right now and you haven't subscribed, mm -hmm. shameless you can plug. Do that right now. Go uh, to brentingersall.com and subscribe com. to yep. uh, the newsletter. And I actually yep. really enjoy doing that. It's like a little two minute, one minute, two minute mm. read yeah, they're nice. on Monday morning. It's always so. right there, first thing when I wake up. First on thing mornings. on Monday morning. Yeah. 
Yeah. You started reading it before the Bible, actually, because it was well, that much better. I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Not, just kidding. not recommended. Bible but, and then well, Brent's Monday Minute. Truth, truth be told, though, it is it is written in such a way that I hope that it is like a, a devotional aid yeah. for people. Yeah, for sure. And I did a, a series of installments, just one for like a, a number of weeks on the Lord's Prayer, and I thought it'd be fun to... To read uh, each of these breakdowns, just have some deeper dive discussion on some of the concepts yep. that the Lord's Prayer uh, offers us. So I'm going to read. I'm going to read the 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 article. It should take me about uh, a minute or more, but not very much because it's a Monday <laughs> minute. But it might yes. be like a Monday two minutes. I'm test that theory right um, now. It's it's a thousand words or less is generally what I've been going for anywhere from 500 to a thousand words. So that's that's generally the so however long that takes me to read. I'm going to read it a little slower. Ron's going to, uh, in post, put some, put some, put some vibes to it. Slow it's going to be some I'm music. Excited, I'm so excited for this. You guys aren't going to hear it, but you guys can just uh, imagine what we'll music right our now. listeners are hearing right now as Maybe we read we this. It's going to feel good. It's not going to, it's not going to be somber or introspective. It's going to, it's going to, it's probably, me and Ron really like the, like the jazz hop, like the chill hop. So the chill, you know. Ooh, that's so nice. Maybe that's some good. synth wave, Ron. You feel it out. I don't know what's going to be playing right now, wave. but you feel it out. So Ron's going to score this. So if you don't like the music underneath this writing, it's, you can uh, email uh, Ron, Ron Winters at kingschurch.cc. So. Yes. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Let's read it. This is uh, Our Father. This is the beginning of the Lord's Prayer installment. Cue the music. It's probably already running at this point, but let's go. So... Uh, Matthew and Luke's gospel tell us that on one day, Jesus' disciples came and asked him, Lord, teach us to pray. After telling them what not to do, uh, which that's probably a discussion we should have at some point where Jesus points out what not to do, Jesus proceeded to give us this prayer, which we now call the Lord's Prayer. Consider reading and praying it out loud over yourself today. Here it is. Let's read, let's read the prayer and then I'll break it down. It says, this then is how you should pray, Jesus says. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And that's from Matthew 6. So this week's thought I want to look at is our father, specifically our. When Jesus taught his disciples to pray, he begins with something so foreign to us in the 21st century West that most of us skip over it in consideration of the rest of the prayer. He addresses the Father, which we'll talk about next time, from our, the position of our. This is an, quote, us prayer or a we prayer. This prayer is communal. Most of us, when we pray, are fairly self-centered and self-focused at the outset. Even if we fully intend to pray for others, it usually starts with me. When we pray, we generally approach God individually, but here Jesus tells us that when we approach God in prayer, we are to do so in the context of community. Christianity is a communal faith. God is a communal God. Heaven is the least self-centered place imaginable, and God, who is a community in and of himself, has designed his people to operate in the context of community, and in so doing, positions us to be God and others focused. The prayer of Jesus makes us leave individualism, self-focus, vanity, pride, selfishness, and conceit at the door. The entirety of it is a communal prayer as it asks God to give us this day our daily bread and to lead us not into temptation. This prayer, perhaps all prayer, is meant to be all about us. 
As you begin this week, let this prayer ground you in two communal facts. Number one, you are not alone in this. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you are a part of something bigger, a family. And even if you're isolated physically or socially speaking, you are spiritually part of a great and growing crowd of witnesses all over the earth and in heaven. Do not let the devil get you thinking you're all alone. He does some of his best work or worst work through isolation. We're in this together. And as you pray, you are praying with us. Number two. Jesus is calling you and me to be others-focused as we go about our lives. It is interesting that at the end of the Lord's Prayer, Jesus says, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your Heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. In other words, don't ask for God to do something for you that you aren't willing to do for someone else. The expression of God's grace to us as an individual is contingent upon how we express grace on behalf of others. We cannot pray the Lord's Prayer for ourselves and not be able to pray it for someone else. Or to take it one step further, when we pray the Our Father from a true place of we, it may be that God may want you to be his answer for the prayer for someone else. This is how focused God is on the reality of community. The entire expression of loving God is connected to how we love others. This prayer is only something we can dare ask for ourselves in the, contest of, in the context of asking for the benefit of others. So, as you begin this week, pray the Lord's Prayer and focus in on the we nature of it. Throw the prayer wide into your marriage, your family, your legacy, your street and neighbors, your church, your city, this country and beyond, and let's see what great God happenings we see unfold in the near future. I wonder what and where it could be. Tip number one, be watching for it in others. Tip number two, be looking to be God's solution provided for other people. Grace and peace, Brent. There it is. I didn't awesome. actually reread that awesome. before uh, before this. So I haven't read that since uh, that was published in August, start of August. So, wow. What do you think, guys? Our Father, Christianity in the context of community. What jumped out to you? Are there any uh, any lines or phrases that seem to to carry some punch? Mm. I said a little. Uh, I don't I, know if I said. I it heard a. Or not. Mm, I heard it, a, Maybe mm. it was just that's what it was. It was an internal amen, I guess. But when uh, you read the line there that you also wrote, which was that a lot of times we are designed to be as church as the church and as individuals actually the answer to other people's prayers mm-hmm. and i think that is a very true and something that's become like even more real to me in the last in the last couple of years that like a lot of times god like we always say like god answered my prayers god answered my prayers god answered my prayers and god does answer our prayers yes but sometimes people can be the answers to those prayers right mm-hmm. like when i see a need that somebody else has got, I can step into that in someone's life or someone steps into that in my life. I would say. Uh, 99% of the time it's right. embodied. It's, it's a, yeah. It's a person that mm-hmm. met that need, like the need that I was praying for, that it was someone a person that actually it. stepped into yep. my life and, and fulfilled that need. Yeah. And I would say, yeah, God answered that prayer. Yeah. But how did he answer it? Through someone. Through somebody. Like, yeah. Through his church. Yeah, to this day, I've never, uh, I've very rarely have I experienced an answer to prayer that's dropped out of the sky. Right. It's usually started in someone's someone's listening heart, and yeah. they mm-hmm. God mobilized them to be that solution. Yeah. Which yeah. again speaks back to the communal nature of being a Christian. Is like 
this is not just a me, myself and Jesus thing. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know if you can actually flourish in the faith yeah. by having an individualistic mm-hmm. uh, mindset, but that yeah. goes really against sort of the air we breathe right now, which I mean, there's, there's an increasing push towards not just division, but um, individual identity. Yep. You know, when we mm-hmm. get talking about 21st century politics and ideologies and philosophies, it seems like the the onus is on you be you and let's create a category just for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and that seems to really your truth. Yeah, your truth. Yes. And then we're all gonna we're all just gonna live our truths and and hopefully not step on each other's toes. Yeah. But mm-hmm. it seems like the the Lord's prayer immediately Jesus just torpedoes you. Yep. Like there's really not a whole lot of yep. me in there. Yeah. I don't know yeah. if that, that stands out for any, for you, Seth. No, yeah. d- totally. I, I, as I listen to you just read that right now, um, what caught me, and again, that's the beauty of scripture is that every time you hear it, there's something fresh and something yeah. new that he gives us. But uh, I just think about Jesus teaching his disciples to pray. First and foremost, he doesn't take them one, one by one individually and teach them each one to pray, right. but he, it together. he teaches them together in context. But when you hear that and you hear him teaching that to a community of people, how unifying is that prayer? Mm-hmm. Unifying the hearts together. Our father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. The us and we language automatically brings us together for something, yeah. which is so counter the world in which we live in today. Cause individualism, hyper individualism, does actually bring us together, but often for the things that we're, we hate. Yes. The things we're against, which yeah. is actually tribalism. Right. Yep. And so this is actually not just protecting us, I think, from individualism, hyper-individualism, no me's, but it's actually causing us to engage our hearts and our spirits and our minds for something, for something, which yeah. is the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven yeah. and forgiveness and all of that together collectively that in and of itself is so refreshing in, in a world that we, in, in this type make of world. A great right? point, like on tribalism, like the prayer itself forces us to engage our lives for the benefit of others. Correct. And tribalism, really, what that is, is collective identity that's aligned in the sense of Correct. we believe the same things, we care about the same things, therefore we're allies. But really, it's more, it's about, Hey, I'm doing me and you're doing you. And we just happen to have something in common. Correct. Right. And so we can strengthen each other in our meanness. That's right. In our, in our individuality. Yeah. Right. It's like a, it's, it's that strength in the, in the tribe kind of thing. But this really does blow, blow over. Like that's why it's so important. I think that Jesus put at the end that, and I, and I wrote it about, therefore, if any of you, you know, ask for forgiveness, but won't forgive others. Like you're not going to be forgiven. Like, yeah. like basically you can't, you can't pray something or want something for you that you wouldn't pray for or want something for someone else. Right. And like, it, it really does hamstring that sort of individualistic approach to Christianity, which, I mean, you think about, I mean, all three of us grew up in, in a Christian context. You know, I was taught to ask Jesus into my heart. Yep. So where where does the role of individuality come in to, to following Jesus if really it is kind of this communal expression that quite clearly, like Jesus at no point in that prayer said, and here's how I want you to pray for yourself. Mm, right. You know, he never at any point brought it into individuality. So where so what is what do you guys think the role of 
what is your own personal responsibility? Because there's also a, a, a way we could almost abdicate, you know, our own role. Like we're not the Borg, you know, yeah. Yeah, you got any, uh, like yeah. for those people who aren't huge nerds that are listening, uh, the Borg are from Star Trek where they kind of create, there's this hive identity, right? They all right. get absorbed into the Borg and it's no longer I who live, but it's we, and we speak in the third person and we're part of this thing that's Brent's, it's, I am Borg now, right? Yes, right. I don't think that's necessarily what this is getting at. So what, what is, what's the, what does it look like to be a Christian in like who's part of community, but also mm -hmm. oh, you're Andy, you're Seth, I'm Brent. And, and my faith does have an individual component. What's it, what's mm -hmm. it supposed to look like then? That's good. Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I think, I think, uh, you know, starting out in a, in a, in a, in, in the faith, um, it is personal, but soon, soon you realize that I can't, I can't live this way because the call of Jesus is to die to myself. Right. right. And so there is this, you know, I choose with my, was that baptism, for instance, baptism, the sacrament of baptism, that's something I personally do. No one else does that with me. But the right. moment I'm baptized, I'm being baptized into a community of others who have been baptized. Yes. So therefore, not only am I identifying with the, uh, you know, the the life and death of uh, of Jesus, I'm I'm dealing with even the death of myself in such a way that I'm now giving myself over to be part of a of a grander community. So there is some level of individually, and, and the, the truth is, we're all unique, and we all have different gifts, different spiritual gifts, all of that. But that's the beauty of being together, though, right? Because because the scripture calls us a body. Mm -hmm. A body is organic. Yep. It's together. It is together. It's not separated. It's not disassembled. Some, it's not dis, it's, we're not a disassembled mm -hmm. part as much yep. as it feels like that. Yep. Um, but the, the true nature of the church is that we are organically linked together mm. um, in, 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 you know, through, through the life, death, and resurrection of, of the Lord Jesus to be a body that represents him here on earth. Yeah, a hand looks different than a foot. Of course right. it does. But there's individual parts. There is this I think there's a bond that goes deeper in community when we step into faith that over time I don't think it happens right away. Yeah. I think over time, I think it's taken years for me to even understand that. Mm -hmm. I think um, bringing up the the body, that's a good good language yeah. to be thinking about. Like yeah. that's cuz we are we are baptized, we we are raised in in to the body, right? Correct. Like we, yeah. we that we're now part of the body of Christ, and we form that, and yes. we aren't all the same. And the Bi and the right. Bible makes that distinction. And like First Corinthians, much. it talks about how one person's the ear, quote unquote, yeah. one person's the shoulder or the hand or whatever. And it's like yeah. that adds value to your own unique role. That Correct. hey, I get to be, I get to be, you know, me in relationship to the body, to the rest of the body. What are what are some things that I think really like until we really engage our place in the greater context of the body of Christ, you know, what are some ways that our faith gets hijacked? Like, how does it, what's a better way of asking this? Um, when uh, you, when you think about like the, the 21st century, for instance, you talk about tribalism, hyper individualism, 
you see that transplanted into a lot of people's faith, right? So the, so mm-hmm. I'm now following Jesus as me, but really what they did was they just found a new tribe. Correct. Yep. And it's still really about how can this church affirm me and how can this faith affirm me? And I like how you said there a second ago, Seth, that at first we do come to the cross for selfish reasons. Like you realize I need salvation. I need help. I need community. I need these things. But you have to, at some point after beginning to follow Jesus, realize it really is a death to self. It is. And God doesn't raise you up into some better version of you necessarily, or like the old you has died, like was Galatians 2.20. It's like, I have been crucified with Christ. Christ. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith through, through Christ Jesus who died and gave himself up for me, you know? And I think there's a, there's a real tendency in all of us. I don't want to just point at certain Christians. I think in all of us for us to like, look at Christianity as a means to like, it's almost self-help. Mm-hmm. It's almost like yeah. I go to church to get, to get self-help and, or like mm-hmm. the t- same way you do, you read a Tony Robbins book or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's part uh, of my cocktail. Yeah. And it's, it's like different yeah, my vitamins I take in yeah. the morning. The idea of Jesus as Lord is, is actually kind of a foreign concept is mm-hmm. Jesus as more of a, a guide or a helper mm-hmm. on my sojourn through life. And if you can help, and that's why a lot of people leave the faith is because they start following Jesus and then something bad happens or doesn't go the way they want. And they think Jesus is no longer helpful for me. So mm-hmm. therefore I'm going to go and back away from church or what have you. But yeah. so the individualism, you know, does rear its head in the, in the, in the faith. You know, I've seen it, um, Particularly in that we just we just talked about. You also see it though in people devaluing certain roles in the body, right? Like there's yep. been a a premium placed on you know whatever this this ministry. I got to be on the stage. I got to be mm-hmm. and the mouth. I guess that one. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> or having a platform. And like, yeah. what what are some ways you've seen that hyper individual hyper individualism rob the life and joy and fruitfulness is supposed to come from being integrated into a body. Yeah. You know, well, that's exactly what I was going to say when you, when you first asked that question was, and and the body analogy is great, is that like it robs us of that experience when we start to value the, the role of one body part over another, right? Right. Like if we, if my entire body is hands and I have no legs and mouth and ears, like that's not going to work, right? That I'm not, that I'm not functioning well. So as soon as we start saying, well, the thing, the thing that I do in the church, the thing that I bring to the table or my gift and in, in, in my experiences are, or my preferences even are more valuable or more important than somebody else's, then that's, then that's dangerous, yeah. right? It's the whole, it's, it's everybody together coming together to form this, this beautiful communal approach to following, to following Jesus, mm-hmm. right? And it's, you, you can't elevate one above the other. As soon as we start doing that, what we're doing is we're comparing and whenever you're comparing and then you're like, you've already lost. If you're going that far to say, hold, hold someone's gifts or someone's preferences or approach up above somebody else's, then you're shooting yourself in the foot every time. For sure. The, if you think about your own body, you would never like at the end of the day, like if, um, like I play basketball, I played last night. So I, I missed a lot of shots, but I made a couple I never afterwards said, good shot, hand. Yes. <laughs> right? I never I never said, I never stopped and thanked my hand. Right. You know, like, wow, it wasn't just what a hand. hand. Yeah. Great shot, hand. Right. You're the best hand I ever had. You know, 
in your body, you don't, you don't isolate one part over the other. And yet we've done that in the church. So much. We do it with the pastor. We do it with, you know, and we, we elevate one role or one particular thing over the other. And it's, if you think about it in terms of the body, that shouldn't work, right? It shouldn't, we shouldn't be able to, we're obviously not thinking about ourselves in the context of the body. And, but if we, if we think like my role, you know, in the church or my place in the church is to, it's just to do my job as part of the body. It means that we win together and we lose together. Like it's, you know, we, like I notice I said, I hit a few shots last night. Right. I didn't say my hand hit a few shots and I hit a few shots and it's like the, the devil's done a great job of bringing individualism and division into the church to where people miss out on the joy of kind of collective success Mm -hmm. and collective suffering. Mm -hmm. Like we also can, this, this causes us to have to care about each other. If you have a, a communal understanding of your faith, you know, if same analogy, like if I, if, if I sprained my wrist last night playing basketball, I don't have the luxury of saying, well, I'll, I'll, cut that wrist off until it's feeling better. And then maybe I'll put it back on. Right. Right. It's like, I'm hurting if my wrist is hurting. Yeah. I'd say, you know, if you guys came in today and you said, you saw me sort of favoring my wrist, you'd say, are you in pain? Not yeah. is your wrist in pain? It's yeah. I'm in pain. Yeah. And I think that that informs again, like you can, you can almost see the, the way we have severed the body mm-hmm. in our understanding by the way we actually react. Like if you see someone suffering in the church and that doesn't cause you to, to long to, to deal with that, mm. maybe you don't see them as part of your body. Right. Yeah. Does that make the sense? rest of the body compensates yeah. when one part's injured or hurt, right? Everything right. else sort of has to come around that and make up for that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's not like, or, or, you know, you, you take the fact that we've we've glorified certain things like the singer or the person on the platform, which mm-hmm. I think, I mean, it's probably worth us talking about what coronavirus in this season has done to that. I think it's flattened a lot of a lot of it. But, mm-hmm. you know, you take in the past, we've over elevated the, the people on the platform. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I've never preached a sermon and then got done and, and thanked my mouth or thanked my feet for holding me up there. Right. right. Like I, like I did that. And, yeah. and it's. Yeah. It's, it's such a weird, a weird thing. How do you think, you know, when you think about this concept of, of us and we, how, how has God been using 2020, you know, in your, in your opinion, you know, I Mm -hmm. think on the one hand, tribalism and individualism is, is as hot as ever. But on the other hand, I wonder if in the church, we're actually like seeing the value of, of what it is that God's really trying to build in the church of this community. How are you guys evolving in your understanding of community, your understanding of the church in 2020? Yeah, I think what a big, sorry, man, I think what it's done in a, in a, the, the most obvious sense of the manner was that it's taken it from like, even, even if our church was, we could have said was a representation of many different people that we had like, hundreds, thousands of people in, in our church on the weekends, right? But at the same time, there was that sense that they could just sort of come and benefit from, you know, one part of the body or the guy on the stage maybe or the girl on the stage, and then they could sort of leave and not have to do that kind of hard work of discipleship mm-hmm. on their own, on that individual level that we're right. talking about. And, and and the answer to that question is like, is, is our faith is our faith corporate or is it individual? And the answer is 
Yes, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it is both. Like there's the individual components. Then there are like the, the components of a, we need to be together in community. And I think what, I think what COVID has done and the gift that it's given is it's taken, it's taken that community dial and it's turned it up. So we've, we've learned what that really truly means. A community right. isn't, was probably never just showing up to a service on the weekend and sitting there and never talking to anybody and leaving. Yeah. But it's actually having people that are around you that you could say, no, these are, these people are my family and these are the people that I cry with. And these are the people that I, I pray with. These are right. the people that I, that I break bread with that I, that I eat with. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, so for us even being able to get really serious about that with our people who follow King's church would know like that we are really serious about home churches in the yeah. middle of the season. Yep. And it's been such a blessing because people, a lot of people for the first time really learned what that meant. They, they, they moved from, they moved from knowing that this this large corporate community to really knowing like a a family within that. But at the same time, it also ratcheted up like the the value on like pursuing Jesus on a personal on a personal yeah. level, right? Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't just dependent on coming and feeding off of somebody else's enthusiasm or somebody else's yeah. teaching as much as it was in the past, but it encouraged people and pushed people to really seek after Jesus on their own yeah. and to wrestle with what they really believed. Yeah. So it really turned up both dials to 11. I felt like mm-hmm. in a, in actually a really healthy way, right? Like our church, our church, and I'm sure many churches would, would resonate yep. is, is healthier yeah. because of what this pandemic did, which is nuts because it made it almost, it made it impossible for us to function the way we were functioning yep. up until that point. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if I could point. I don't know if I could point to say it was better for the community or better for the individual. Maybe it's because you can never separate those two. I, I, I think. Know. I think, you know, the way twenty twenty is and the pandemic disruption and pain, if anything, has really it really reveals the strength of community, whether it's strong or not. Right. Period. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I think probably early on it really showed us: Are we? are we really strong in this community aspect of our faith? Right. If anything that I've been more excited about and pleased with, and, you know, forgive me for saying this, even shocked at is how quickly it's mobilized people back into community. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's become a great mobilizer of people coming Mm -hmm. together and taking responsibility, um, to be the body of Christ working together as a body in these smaller home churches. Um, that has been, I think, if anything, something to celebrate is the, the level of mobiliz- mobilization. I mean, we felt like this was where we needed to go, but it happened so much quicker. Yeah, and um, yeah. on a grander scale than any of one of us could predict. Yeah. yeah, and I find that to be very, very telling. Yeah, um, and I think that's going to have great effects for us moving forward into mm. the future as well. So. Truth be told, I, I don't know if if we weren't forced to to make some of those shifts if like we we all would have probably sat like if we were sitting here right now and none of 2020 actually happened the way it did and we were still kind of oh, yeah. doing business yeah. i i think we would all sit here and say yeah community is important and individual kind of responsibility and discipleship is important and we want to do everything we can to help help you know make people flourish in that way we would say that's that's our our heartbeat but the reality is um the disruption that it took for us to actually take it seriously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think we would have it. just brought that on ourselves. I think, yep. I think we would have done it to a, a, up to a certain point, but it, 
it would have cost our model too much right. at the time. I think yeah. that's the that's the hard truth mm-hmm. for a, a lot of churches yeah. is like that this has been a, has been a forced reform and refinement, and it's good, but it's it's been painful. And I look back, I, I think what you guys are both saying about you know you think about the, our church model. Again, we had small groups, we had discipleship, we have all those yeah. things. Yeah. However, it was overly built into a model of showing up to a service in a in a mass gathering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like we actually oversold what the mass gatherings function is. Yeah. You know, gathering matters. The big gathering is awesome. Yeah, I think it will does. return. Yep. Um, but please, I think Jesus. the Lord has shown us though, we have, we try to do, it's like that adage. If you, if you try to please everyone, you please no one. If you try to do everything well, you right. do nothing well. Right. Like you end up and, and you look at, to your point, Andy, we are talking about, you know, people have, it's, it, coronavirus has forced us to, for people to really think through who are my community, who am I in Christian community? Yes. Um, and it also forced them to think through the individuality of how, what does it mean for me to follow Jesus when I can't be spoon fed? Mm. You look back at how we handle church. I mean, you know, you, the, 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 the product of seeing Sunday service as a one-stop shop, Swiss army knife to do all things kingdom Yep. You know, it proved to not create good Christian community. I mean, we've been hearing for a long time, you know, the church in the West is a mile wide and an inch deep. Yep. And I think when when coronavirus hit, it kind of exposed some of that and it forced it's forcing us in a good way to have to say, no, God wants us to be in real community. And that doesn't mean I show up and I sit in the same pew and you're the same 16 people every week. That's right. Mm-hmm. I need to know people's names. I need to do life with them. And yep. I need, it needs to go beyond us experiencing this worship service together. Yep. And the same goes for discipleship. Like it's got to be more than, okay, I came and I sat under this teaching. I generally, generally agree with it. Let's carry on with my life. Yes. yes. You know, like that's not discipleship. You heard a teaching. That's right. Yeah. But have you applied it? Have That's you dug right. in? And yeah. I think the virus, the pandemic has exposed that in the church. And it's it's been healthy. It's been really hard, but it's been a healthy thing. And I think our like to your point, Andy, our, our community is better. And I think we have people who are who are more mature disciples now than they were. You know, yeah. again, I don't know if they feel great in that, like. Right. You don't feel great it during the eventually. testing of our faith, no. but I think the, the fruit will show. It's going to show in the end. So yep. well, one more one more thought on, on the community thing, and then, and then we, we, can, we can wrap up. These don't need to be long podcasts, but what do you think? How does the church living out, you know, the, the faith is how do, how do Christians living out the faith in a, in a communal sense? How does that reflect the reality of heaven or even the nature of God? Hmm. Hmm. That's a good question. That's a good question. Like what does community in heaven look like? Or when you think about the Trinity, like how, when you think about, Hmm. you know, we're not, Jesus didn't just pull this prayer out of thin air. It's, it's, it's from everything that's real about him as divine and, the the kingdom he's trying to build it's an our it's an our it's an our kingdom it's an us yeah. kingdom it's yeah you know and he's an our god yeah. like yeah. a like a, a we trinitarian yeah. three unique identities 
in one. Right. Yeah. You go super, super deep with that if you want to. Maybe this is, we're too we're too late in this podcast to go this deep. Maybe, but like, why did why did God create us in the first place? Like, what oh, was what was great. the impetus of hmm. creation? Right. That God, obviously, it's such it's it's who He is, and it's in His nature to to value like genuine community in relationship. Mm, right. Definitely. So I believe that when he, he made us that it was because he genuinely desired that relationship with us and mm. wanted to commune with us and yeah. wanted to know us yeah. and us to know him. Yeah. And, and then even in the midst of creation, the process he saw like, Oh, it's not going to be just me and one other, me and one other guy. Like right. we're going to create more community. here and That's like, right. and just, it sort of just built in this beautiful, almost crescendo in the creation story. Yeah. Just kept like going further and further and, and, and further. So so. Well, you see community, you see it right in the creation, right? Yeah, like yeah. In, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then it talks about how this, the earth was formless and void and the spirit hovered over the waters, right? You see the spirit mm. right in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. You t- see, it talks about how, like in Colossians, it talks about how all things were made through the sun, you yeah. know, like this. Yes. So the community actually created right us it's part yeah. of the whole which is i I, I think part of reclaiming creation and and truly seeing heaven on earth is a reclaiming of the hour that we were created to be built in anyways what does sin do it isolates us that's right it, yeah. it separates us that's separates it. us from god separates us from each other separates us from ourselves yeah yeah you know I, Everything Jesus does, everything he talks about, like I was just thinking as as we were talking about this, the Sermon on the Mount, which is the Magna Carta of the kingdom of God, Uh is all about relationship. Everything. Everything in that is all about relationship with God, relationship with others. Um, I think also of another prayer that Jesus prayed. It's not the one that, it's not the Lord's prayer, but it is a prayer that was an earshot of his disciples. In John 17. Yes. Yeah. You know, like, think about that. Jesus is going before the Father and praying this out loud. He's preaching. He's preaching. He's praying. Right. He's Which praying. I know you listeners, like you that. love preaching. He actually says it. He actually says it in there. He's like, I'm actually praying this because you're hearing me pray this. So let me pray it. Exactly. He's preaching. praying this out loud. And what is what is the, the key component? Lord, let them be one as we as are we one. are one. Right? Yep. Uh, that, is, th- th- that is so sacred and so deep and so profound yeah um to our faith i don't know if we scratch the sur- surface of what that even means yeah to be one but no i do believe if jesus is praying that yes it's yeah, serious business to you know like that jesus saw his ministry his life he, what does he say he says I, I what i do and what i say only comes i only do the will of the father like totally submissive when you think about living living a life of power i know like supernatural power yeah. If if we embrace that call to community to to be one, and we 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 don't we we just do the hard work of unity. Yes, you are you are locking in to the will of the Father, the prayer of the Son, and the work of the Spirit. Yep, like like that's a significant. Like there is kingdom, supernatural yep. power working to bring that's us good. together. As much as there's powers in the world, the power of sin, the power of Satan that's working to divide, the prayer, the prayer of the Son, the work of the Spirit, the will of the Father are working towards bringing us mm. together. That's a major 
thing to keep in our minds. It's so true. You know, I wonder if this would be an, uh, do you think this is an overstatement? You know, let's, let's land the plane on, on practical application, you know, as, as people are, are have been listening. When we think about living the Christian life, is it, is it safe to say, because yes, the Bible says you are fearfully and wonderfully made, you know, like, like God is a creator who, he didn't, he didn't make man and woman and, and that's it. Like yeah. there's, we're not, it's not just Ken and Barbie, right? Yeah. There's, there's <laughs> a bit, there's billions of minute variations. He chose to make yeah. you white or you black or you bald or you long haired or whatever. Like he chose to do all that. So clearly there is a glory in our own unique design mm-hmm. that God wants us to capture. That said, I wonder if the Lord's prayer gives us a clue that when it comes to how we think and how we appropriate our lives, I wonder if we only get into trouble whenever we, when we, when we just think about me, like, Mm -hmm. I, I wonder if, if we just generally speaking as a rule of thumb, individualism almost always gets us in trouble. I even think about it like from the sense of, you know, you think about like self betterment, like you think about times where you've, you've changed for the better. Hmm. Very rarely do you get a eureka moment where transformation comes. Like just like we were talking about earlier, Andy, about the blessing of God through other people, the correction of God also comes through other people. So true. Or the affirmation of God. Like I've, whenever I deal with sin just unto myself, it usually results in me excusing myself or not, not being hard enough on myself or condemning myself. That's right. And it's like basically me in my Christian life is just, it's weeds. Mm -hmm. Like I'm just getting into the weeds Mm -hmm. all the time. Is that, do you think that's fair to say? Like if you use me as a lens, for your Christianity, for your life, you're probably you're probably gonna find yourself having a hard time staying out of the weeds. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely true. And I think about like I was thinking when you were saying that, Brent, like the the idea of the image of God kept kept coming to my mind. Like that we're yes, we're unique. Yes, we're individuals, and like every single one of us has the image of God imprinted on us, right? So even even in our our infinite differences, like billions and billions of people on the planet, and None of them, none of them the same, but at, what we all have in common is that we're all made in the image of God. Mm-hmm. Like scriptures make that incredibly right. clear. Mm-hmm. So that to me in and of itself just shows how, how vast that image really is. Right. And shows that it's really, it's really never ending. And the, and the, and the fact that maybe I'm being too, too, too deep with this, but maybe no one's going to get this. But the fact that there's so many, like billions of people so different, but all made in the image of God just shows like how, how that that image of God, like actually is, is what unifies us and Mm -hmm. requires, requires us to need each other. It's not about what I have that makes me awesome and makes me special. It's like everything about me that makes me unique is actually what, actually what ties me and joins me with my brothers and sisters and with the, with the rest of the faith. Yeah. Does that make sense? Totally. It brings you, our connection to one another actually amplifies the glory of God in us. Right. Like, like, um, I forget which evidence of it. Yeah. Almost. I forget which, which CS Lewis book it is, but there's one where he talks about, he had like three or four friends and one of them died. And he talked about how 
you know, I'll never like, like say, say I died and it's the three of us. And like, you know, it's like if Seth were C.S. Lewis, you'd say, I'll never hear Andy laugh the way he laughed at a Brent joke. Yeah. So true. like there's something that only Brent could bring out of Andy. Yeah. It's kind of what he's saying, how like there's right. something that, you know, apart from you, like there's something you bring out in me that only you can bring out yeah. in me and, yeah. and so, like vice versa like that. Yeah. And actually God designed that thing. Like there's, mm-hmm. there's things that come alive in us that can only come alive in us in relationship and, and it, they're dormant or dead in isolation. It's so true. Which is, yeah. that's great. Maybe there's, maybe there's a, so a reflection good. of God's image in individuals that like I can only witness that image of who God is right through that individual. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You, like that's pretty crazy. If you think about that, right? Like but, that, yeah, that just thinking about it that way makes me feel the need to be in community with, <laughs> with a lot of people, right? Like if yeah. I, if I can only get that slice of who God is through that individual, like it just places so much value on them, right? Yes. Their uniqueness, right. But yes, their need to be a part of the greater whole. Yeah, I mean, I think about, I think about, you know, you guys or, or other people. I think about Dan or Anthony, like mm-hmm. they give me a vision of God's passion, you know, like, mm-hmm. like Anthony's a passionate person. He's his fingers on the pulse of like, right. oh, that grieves God, you know, and like that, yeah. that helps me because I'm not, I'm not wired just exactly like him or right. you're, you're, you're really pragmatic. You're able to sort like Andy, you're able mm-hmm. to just say like, well, this is this and this is that and this is this. And like, it gives me, it gives me a snapshot of the, you know, like the, the mind of God, he is able to look at things and categorize and, and, you know, it's, that's how, that's how he's made. Seth, like you're, 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 you're intense, Mm -hmm. you know, like, and that gives me a window into like God, God's the, you know, it says in revelation, like Jesus with one, like eyes of fire, you know, like it gives me all of those, these relationships and, and, we're not even talking about like the feminine too, right? Like our wives give us, Mm -hmm. give us a picture of who he is and we can't experience, experience God uh, apart from that. Yeah. I mean, I like people more after having this conversation actually. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think it's hard to be a narcissist and follow Jesus at the same time. I don't think you can. I don't think you can be. And like, I mean, Again, Jesus I, still loves you, but yeah, you gotta I, fix that. I love I love what you said too about you know how how we experience blessing together in community, but also the correction part. Yeah, as well. I I think it's easy yeah. to be in community when I'm being blessed, right? And then I run away from it when correction is yeah. needed. Yeah, come on. Yeah, and we actually there's actually beauty in in being in community because community in its true form and true essence is that people are bearing with me. Yeah. Yes. And they are bearing with me on my best days mm. and my worst days. What yeah. a time for the church. Absolutely. In cancel culture. Oh, where yes. we live yes. in a time now We're preaching. If, now, if you don't agree with me, yep. you're canceled. canceled. I'll cancel you for something you tweeted six years ago. Yeah. Watch me. Right. Yes. Right. And it's so like, true. Bear with one another. Bear with that one is another. not something that I mean. Talk about a glory though that the world yeah. needs to see. The church has got to figure out how to do this. Yeah, that's a whole sermon series it, right there. It, it well. really is. And and to, I think it's Romans thirteen that says honor one another above yourselves. Yeah, 
I think it's also in oh, Romans man. 13. He That's says, easy. make every effort to live in peace with one another. Oh, man. Oh. Like, like you actually, we actually have to actively pursue peace. No, you know, I think, it's, I think it says it basically like, for as much as it relies upon you, yes. make every effort to live in peace with one another. Yes. You know, like, and that's, man, I, I think Christianity is very much uh, built to stand out in 2020 yep. in the West. It really so, is. Yeah. So I guess big takeaway, um, you matter, um, but the, the kingdom of God is best experienced, is probably only experienced with we yeah with us and yeah. so um not a whole lot of room for me myself and jesus yeah. narcissists uh nope they're crucified with christ yeah and uh anytime that anytime pride anytime selfishness mm-hmm. self-centeredness starts to bear up that's that's something that needs to be crucified in all of us mm-hmm. and we need to yeah we need to recognize it for what it is so if we think about god for there it is remember the great commandment and the great like the yep. whole thing so maybe to answer Hinges. my own question a few minutes ago, go. it's not an overstatement to say if you think about you, you're gonna undermine you're gonna undermine the whole Christian life. Like if, if it's right. about you. If you keep it about love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. That's all he said. Yep. That's, <laughs> That's it. Right what about me? Everything nah, else you'll, you'll hinges be, on you'll, those. You'll be, you'll be good. good. You'll yeah. be good. If you can just yeah. keep those two things in front of you, you're going to be just fine. Yeah. Yeah. Gentlemen, thank you. That was fun. That was good. Yeah, that was great. And it was, awesome. uh, it was uh, rich, and I appreciate you. And in the, in the spirit, of this, spirit conversation, of this conversation, I am glad you guys are both in my life, and I am grateful that you make me love Jesus more and appreciate him more, mm-hmm. and uh, you bring things out in me that wouldn't be wouldn't be there apart from you so yeah. thank Thanks, you guys man. likewise yeah same yeah. absolutely and uh Cheers. hey sparkling water. the review is in I, I finished about three quarters of this uh compliment sparkling water it is no aha Not and as it good as is aha. no la croix i'll put it right there la with croix. my grapefruit bubble put it right up which there. is delicious by the way so give all your compliments sparkling water and grapefruit to uh, Seth Fancy there you go I will take it all All yes and I'll take your LaCroix (laughs) or LaCroix (laughs) however you want to pronounce that LaCroix LaCroix Hey, thanks, everybody. I hope this podcast spoke to you. If something spoke to you, why don't you go ahead and share a tweet or share something on Instagram or let us know. We'd love to hear from you. And hey, would you do me a favor? We're still trying to get this out to as many people as possible. So share the link, share the website. Would you go on iTunes or whatever? You're on Spotify. And would you leave a review or rate this and help us get the word out? Hey, thanks so much for tuning in today. We'll see you next time.